1: Hey, it's Matt here. Guess what's happening on this week's binge list?
0: Anyway, her phone lights up and some guy called Donald's calling her and she goes, sorry, I've got to take this. And I was like, yeah, 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 go for it. And then three, she had the phone up so loud, I could hear Donald Trump's voice coming out of the phone. And this was about two years ago. And I said to a producer, I said, is that Donald Trump? And he goes, yeah, they're really good friends. And this is when Trump was running for election. And I was like, that's so bizarre. That's like Tanya Zayeta calling Malcolm Turnbull. Like, what (laughs) is going on?
1: Welcome to Binge List, your favourite TV podcast. I'm your host Matthew Denby, and joining me today are Who Magazine's TV experts Gavin Scott and Claire Rigdon, plus a very special guest. Yes, it's the acid-tongued prince himself, Joel Creasy. Hello, all. Hello.
0: Hello. Thank you. I'm I'm so glad. (gasps) Oh, thank you. I'm pleased I got my official title as well. Mm -hmm. I'm very flattered. H (laughs) R H. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Reporting for duty.
1: This week we're starting off by talking about Joel's new project, Seven's hot new dating show, Take Me Out. This Format's already been hugely successful around the world. And if you thought Tinder was brutal, wait until you see this. We've got four (laughs) guys being judged by 30 women, and some of them do a lot better than others. Joel, how does it feel to be presiding over this level of heterosexuality?
0: Well, you know, I think only a gay man can keep thirty women and one horny straight dude in line, and I am that. I am. I am that man. It's. Uh, it's. It's a lot of fun, and you know, everybody on the show came in with such a great sense of humour and got what it was. They knew it's not the Bachelor. It's not married at first sight. We're not going to be causing any cat fights. We're not expecting anyone to get married. We just want people to have a, have fun and have a laugh at at themselves.
2: Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So what made you sign up for the show, Joel? Were you a fan of the of the British version?
0: Well, I have a mortgage, so I thought better. No, um, I am. I am a massive fan of the British version. I, um, I my parents are British. I went to sc- I, I spend a lot of Christmases over there watching the British yeah. version, hosted by the very sexy Paddy McGuinness. And I've awesome. also loved the Chinese version, "If You Are the One," which people think we've like. Are we like? Are we sneaking around and, and copying "If You Are the One"? No, it actually the whole concept actually started in Australia, and the Chinese fixed the show for us. Then the Brits picked it up, and now it's. Kind Coming back to Australia.
2: Yeah, right. What I love about the Chinese one is um, it, it's hilarious, but sometimes I'm really perplexed as to why all the lights go off. Yes. And, um, and I think something must get lost in translation because, like, they just open their mouth and all of a sudden, like, 50 lights go off, and you're like, What's so bad about this guy? It's just that he's from so-and-so province. And
0: it's like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But,
2: yeah, so this kind of makes more sense in Australia because, like, the guy in the first episode opens his mouth and he's a flat-out bogan.
0: <laughs> hey, Troy from Bunbury, he's a flat-out bogan. And although, you know, cultural differences, I guess, you know, Bunbury in Australia, quite a few lights go out when he reveals he's from from Bunbury. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah. I've it, I mean,
2: been to Bunbury. I, can, I know why.
0: <laughs> I know. Well, I'm from Perth, so I have oh, spent a lot oh, of yeah. time in Bunbury and it is a beautiful place to see in the rearview mirror of your car. <laughs> <laughs>
3: So, Joel, do you think people will find true love on Take Me Out? Do you think they're looking for true love?
0: Well, who knows? Some of the couples are still together. But, I, th- you know, first and foremost, we're a comedy show. So people are coming in uh, knowing, you know, it's a laugh and, 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 and it's a good time. But, yes, you know, there's tears. We have tears a few episodes in when people don't get the guy they want or they do get the uh-huh. guy they want. So awesome. it does get quite emotional. And, and we do see all the – you won't in episode one, but from then on you see all the dates and some people completely fall head over heels and love or lust and then others just hate each other, which is funny. Perfect. <laughs> That's even better sometimes. It's hilarious to watch.
1: So, Joel, is this a better or worse dating experience than uh, Tinder or even Grindr?
0: <laughs> well, um, there's less uh, dick pics than Grindr. Right. Um, it's, look, I think it's an uh-huh. accurate reflection of Tinder because, you know, a lot of other reality shows pretend that, you know, oh, people are going on multiple dates on the Sydney Harbour that The Bachelor has supposedly organised <laughs> as if 20 producers haven't spent three months putting it together. <laughs> uh, whereas in real life, people are actually are on Tinder swiping left or right immediately based on first impressions, and that is not necessarily, necessarily physical, uh, but it could be, you know, your bio, how you present yourself. So that's, this show is is just like that. People have a buzzer and they can buzz out the second they don't like someone.
2: Yeah, that's, let's talk about the girls because you've amassed quite the selectione of yes uh, of, of amazing women um so how did the producers find them like did did you have to kind of send in like a little hi my name's claire and you know i'm a double Totally. Like, yeah how did all that happen
0: yeah we, they did all that and i think we actually and we also opened our um our casting age up Far further than the other uh, uh, dating shows go. And we've got every walk of life on our show. I think we've got a really diverse mix of girls. Uh, so they did have to send in a video. And then also they did um, casting calls. And I went along to one of the casting calls and they played oh, a bunch cool. of games and sort of showed what girls, like what sort of guys they are into. And they were very, very funny.
3: The rejection is very in your face. How good are you at rejecting people in person like that? And how do you handle that kind of rejection?
0: I'm terrible at rejecting people to their face because I'm um I'm a backstabber, so <laughs> I'll be no- I was raised the right way, so I'll wait till you leave the room and then I'll be funny. In right. terms of taking rejection, I'm pretty good at it. I was dumped by my last two boyfriends, oh. so I'm going for a third because apparently when a copy of the notebook, right. um, but yeah, no, I, you know, I truly, I actually prefer getting rejected myself than on take me out we do have a couple of guys that don't get a date that's what we call a yeah. blackout right. and they go home empty handed and and being the person that has to comfort them through that it's it, it's hardcore yeah, but yeah. No,
2: honestly, that's why I watched. I just <laughs> want to see. I want to see the blackout. It's like.
0: pretty funny, and he we <laughs> make him funny. leave to "All by Myself" by Celine Dion. So we really oh. just add salt to the wound. <laughs> nice.
3: So, when you were dumped, was that in person, like that? Or um,
0: oh, okay. Or? So, our uh, first time in person, second time, get this: uh, I was dating an American guy, and uh, for a few years, I was after a green card. And <laughs> yes. um, I, when I went on, "I'm a Celebrity," get me out of here, he met someone else. And, um, anyway, they got engaged and married and I... What? Just, what? Yes, I discovered it all via text um, no, when I was there visiting wouldn't... him. Yeah. Oh,
2: so you, so it all happened while you were, like, incommunicado in the jungle? Correct.
0: I was in the jungle eating oh. eyeballs with Merv Hughes and <laughs> then he's hooking up with dudes and then I go across to LA to visit him and then I discover some texts on his phone. And I didn't even go looking. I just needed to borrow his phone one day and open the phone and the first thing on the screen was a text from him to another guy. And, I mean, sounds bad, but I got an amazing stand-up show out of it that year.
2: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's a classic
0: tale. That's
2: brutal. I know.
1: You know, I kept thinking during the show, are some of these women too picky? I thought, what's wrong with a free trip to the Goldie, free booze, and the prospect of maybe some disposable, easygoing sex, and you never have to see them again?
0: Exactly, yeah. Bloody Carly, Carly Rimmers, she was very picky. She was the one that says, episode one, if you are milk, I've just become lactose intolerant. Um, Yeah, they they were picky. And, you know, some of these ladies, you know, every two seconds they were changing the sort of guy that they are into, and they were keeping me on my toes. So I had to put them in their place at times.
2: Times. Oh, is it total chaos backstage though, Joel? Like, how do you wrangle these women? Like, well, who's, how, who, have you got a wrangler?
0: Well, yes. I mean, the girls have wranglers. They were kept in, it, they had their own area separate to me, but I went up and visited them a few times. But you know what was really sweet is they've gotten on so well. And I see on social media, they're oh, all cute. hashtag girls squad at the moment. They're all having, oh, taking out cute. viewing parties. And because unlike the other show where they're, other shows where they're kind of made to, you know, fight Teach and there's, y- yeah. Exactly. This one, the girls are on, are on each other's side And what's so sweet is when the guy comes down To pick one of the two final girls You know, the girls try to block the buzzer And try and block them from, you know Him from, you know, rejecting the girl So it's, it is yeah, very sweet yeah. yeah
3: Would you be someone who turns their light off quickly Or do you tend to give people more of a chance?
0: I mean, I'm pretty easy So uh, <laughs> sober by the light of day Yes, I would turn my light off easy Two dry white wines under my belt I would keep that light on for anyone <laughs> <laughs>
2: A spritzer down, and
0: you're anyone. A spritzer down, and I am anybody's.
1: Now, do you think there's any prospect of a gay version of the show or a gay episode coming up?
0: Yes, one hundred percent. I hope Australia gets behind it, so we can do a gay version. Uh, they've done that in the UK very well. They've done a, coo- uh, they've done an older people's version, and I, I think for the gay version, we'll have to house the contestants in separate hotels because otherwise they will have paired off before we get to filming.
2: <laughs> before you even start filming, exactly. I mean, I get a bit of a gay vibe from some of the dudes. Maybe that's just because oh my- I'm an old lady.
0: And like, <laughs> Me oh, too. Yeah. Who knows?
2: Oh, have any of them tried to take you out, Joel?
0: No, but uh, there's a few of them I would have liked to have taken out myself. So uh, it was tempting oh, when they came from out.
2: The, oh, the, from the first episode. Oh, uh, which that, one? The he- dancer guy. Oh my god. Oh,
0: what, what about Thor? The guy that looks like Thor oh, with the yes, blonde hair. Thor. Mm, oh my god, Harrison, very I- handsome.
2: Just- I don't want to give anything away, but I do. I do love what you guys make them do on their date at the gold on the Goldie the next week. Very appropriate.
0: <laughs> Very funny. Yeah, I love watching their dates on the Gold Coast as well. Because you know, in the excitement of the studio when they meet each other, it's all like, "Oh yeah, you're perfect." And then when you're on the Gold Coast, you know, having a bit of cheesy bread at Sizzler, it's uh, not as sexy. <laughs>
3: I love it. <laughs> now, you mentioned before that you got a good stand-up routine out of that um, horrific breakup experience. Yes. Do you warn people who date you that, you know, ev- anything they say or do is ripe for the picking for you?
0: Any Because I'm an autobiographical comedian, anything that happens to me in my life is going to become stand-up fodder. My boyfriend, he's used to it. I mean, he, we've been dating for a while now, so he's he's been the staple of a couple of stand-up shows. And what's funny is you put someone in your stand-up act and then the next year... They're not in it for whatever reason. You run, you run out of time. Something funny hasn't happened with them, and they get really upset. So at huh. first they're all like, "Oh, don't put me in your act." And then the second they, they've taken, they're taken out of it. They they get all, they get their nose out
3: of joint. Right. <laughs> they start performing <laughs> here. Hey, look at me! I'm doing something funny. I know, and I go, "Yeah, you're
0: doing something on purpose to get in the act." I'm on to you.
3: <laughs> oh God. Now, Joel, would you do this show
1: as a contestant? One hundred
0: percent, yes. But also, I mean. I'm a media whore. So I would do yeah. any show really, let's be honest, <laughs> anything. The only show, I was, someone asked me this question the other day, the only show I would not do is Q&A because I think it would truly just highlight how how dumb I am. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, I was going to, speaking of doing whatever for whatever, uh, eating eating eyeballs in the jungle. Let's yes. go back to that. Like, that was obviously a big turning point because people knew you, if you're into comedy, people would have known your stuff from yeah. that. But I guess that took you to a whole um, new audience potentially. Do do you feel like your life changed a bit after that show? And do, do you have oh, any regrets about taking part? Or was absolutely,
0: a no regrets. I probably I then hosted the after the show the year after. That's a regret. I would never have. I shouldn't have. Should not have gone back to Africa. I should oh, have, really? Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. I should have just left it as a contestant, season one. Um, and that. But no, I'm so glad I did it. I mean, it was such a great experience. First of all, I got to live in. The African jungle for yeah. six yeah, weeks. Yeah,
2: how awesome is that? It's a
0: pretty spectacular place, but for sure, it, it completely changed my career. But it was a risk because it was season. Yeah, I'm glad absolutely. I did season one. But we were lying there in the African jungle, going, "God, is anybody watching this? So we, is there any point <laughs> yeah. in doing this?" And then I came, I came off the show and realized what a hit it had been. And well, you know paparazzi st- camped outside my apartment, um, which I that's hated, so, of that's course. course. <laughs> must have been
2: terrible for you, John. Oh, my God. It was, how did
0: they know I lived there? It's like I tweeted them my address. <laughs>
3: so so it was a bit like, uh, I'd like to be a bigger celebrity. Please keep me in here a bit
0: longer. 100%. Or I was a celebrity. Can you please give me some relevance again? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but no, it was a cool experience. And I, I had a really good cast and, and yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it again, but, I, yeah, I loved it.
3: Okay. So with Mardi Gras and Eurovision, you've had co-hosts, you've been part of a panel. Yes. What's it like being out there on your own? Is it just like one of your stand-up gigs?
0: I mean, I think the dream for any TV presenter is to present on their own. I like doing it on yeah. my own. And, yes, it's like stand-up. I don't have to worry about maybe someone else going for the joke. Um, I do Mardi Gras with Magda Shabansky, so that's that's a really long show. So that's kind of we don't step on each other's toes there. She's a. She's amazing, and then Eurovision. I work with the divine Miff Warhurst, and, and we are. She's
2: ace too. She's she is the, the best. greatest.
0: She is actually one of the best people I've ever met, and and working with Miff is wonderful because we are best friends, and she's music, and I'm not, and and we have a great rapport. So, uh, is she going to yeah. get you
2: on the Speaks and Specs um, reunion special?
0: Possibly. Who knows? Oh there has god, been discussion. Oh my god!
2: That would be awesome.
0: Yeah, and I grew I up really watching you.: Yeah, she's awesome. She's so wonderful. She's like human Shazam.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that song? Yeah,
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Now, Joel, I'm a big fan of your ABC documentary, Gay Crashes. Oh, thanks. And I want to know uh, since you were run out of Colac, Mm -hmm. have you ever been back again?
0: Well, I mean, I was run out, and then two years later, I went back with the film crew. I've not been back since Reese went. Um, and he obviously oh, has yeah he went on tour and said it was a bit weird uh but you know I still get messages from people being like I live in kolak it's a really really homophobic place and and what was the thing about that documentary is we went there to just you know to we spent a week in Kolak to see if Kolak really is the homophobia capital of Australia with a very small film crew and look the mayor is doing a great job she's changed since when I was run out the first time and she's really you know <laughs> progressive but we had people yelling out. Stuff out of car windows, and our small camera crew could not grab it. We had people yelling at us twenty four seven. So yeah, yeah, oh the Colac is a very homophobic place. Sure, I haven't been there in three years, but I don't know how much can change at that time.
1: Yeah, mm. yeah. And your other big project is you've got a special coming up for Netflix. Tell us all about that.
0: Oh yes, I just got back from Montreal oh, filming wicked. my Netflix special, which you know it's very prestigious for comedians at the moment. Yeah, to be on that's Netflix. amazing. Yeah, so it was really wonderful. Filmed it in Montreal. It's kind of nerve wracking. Uh, Netflix, it's interesting, just the power of Netflix. Yeah. Like 50 producers at a tiny stand-up taping. Like there's such a massive, really? massive wow, organisation. Yeah, but uh, I can't wait. That comes out next year, so I'm looking forward to that.
2: That's, that's done amazing things for Hannah Gadsby. I mean, obviously yeah. her show Nanette on its own is, is, is a game changer. But, yeah, that's just taken her... To this huge new audience. It's totally. really exciting.
0: And pressure, though, following uh, oh, Hannah because, you know, easy. I was the next Australian comedian, the next gay comedian to have a Netflix special. But the good thing is, like, our, our, our shows, I, you know, I love Hannah, but our shows could not be further apart, you know.
2: <laughs> yeah. You go to
0: her show and learn something, you uh, you know, leave, you know, enlightened. If anything, you're just going to leave my show a little bit dumber. Yeah, But, you know, <laughs> we'll have a laugh. We'll have a laugh along the way.
1: So your comedy <laughs> godmother, the late, great Joan Rivers, yes. would be very proud Aww. of this, I'm sure.
0: Yeah. Well, Joan Rivers always told me, who I toured with for a few years, just take every job. Take every job. <laughs> and she said there's no point in saying no to things. The industry's not big enough. No one's going to remember that you did that ad for a couple of bucks back in the day. Just take it and live life. Yeah, so that's she was awesome. Wonderful. Yeah, isn't that nice to Aww. hear? Yeah, yeah. That's
2: really refreshing. I've loved her ever since I've watched that documentary um, on her. I can't remember yeah, A Piece of Work it
0: was called, yeah. Yeah,
2: And but what I love most about her is that she catalogued every single joke she ever told. I
0: know. It's very OCD. I mean, I've never done that. It's just so wonderful. And do you know what I reckon the most rock and roll and fabulous thing about her is no matter where we were on tour when I was touring with her, whether it be a little theatre in New York or a big are- arena in, you know, in the south of the US, Her rider demand, and I've seen artists with, you know, nowhere near as famous with insane rider demands, like insane, insane, you know, the dressing room has to be painted and stuff. Joan Rivers' rider, no matter where she was, was a prawn cocktail and a glass of house red. That is it. Nothing nothing else. Not picky. Didn't have to be a fancy red. Exactly. Like, just so cool. Yeah, yeah.
1: And one job you should be very uh, pleased that you took was Take Me Out, which is great. We all loved it. We've watched a few episodes. Thanks. Now, it's screening on 7, so please do check it out. Binge List, brought to you by Who Magazine. After a recent run of bad publicity over its teen programming, Netflix has struck a winner with its new rom-com, To All the Boys I've Loved Before. This flick, which is based on the young adult novel by Jenny Han, is already proving a huge hit not only with its target audience, but with a lot of adults too. What did you think, Claire?
2: Oh, look, would it surprise any of you if I said I absolutely adored this? No. <laughs> I, I mean, I might be uh, pushing 40, but I have basically uh, the aesthetics of a 13-year-old girl. But, yeah, look, its um, this kept popping up in my social media feeds, like just like a drip feed, like one by one more and more of my kind of 30-year-old, 40-year-old female friends were like, oh, my God, have you seen this teen flick on Netflix? It's so great. So I thought I'd check it out. So essentially um I'm not I wasn't familiar with the novel by Jenny Han, which is about A Korean American teenager called Laura Jean, who's this lovely, straighty 180 high school student living in Portland, Oregon. And she's basically got a crush on her next door neighbor who also happens to be dating her sister, which is mega awkward. She's your typical teenage girl. She's sitting in her room writing love letters to all the boys that she likes. But here's the thing she never sends them, because, like the rest of us, as if you would, you know, you just get it out of your system, write it in your diary. But Something happens and these letters mysteriously end up posted to their recipients. And fast forward, the boy next door finds out how she really feels about him. So that kind of kicks the movie off and then it, it goes on. So she, she decides to do this fake relationship with another boy from her school called Peter Kavinsky And they cook up this delicious plan to make the boy jealous. So it's all very G-rated and it's totally, totally adorable. And it's the kind of thing that if you were raised on – John Hughes movies from the 80s like The Breakfast Club and Pretty in Pink and you're of a certain generation, i.e. old like us, <laughs> then even though you're, this movie is not directly pitched at you, you are going to absolutely love this. It's totally of the moment. It really feels relevant to the experiences of teenagers today. Um, and it's, I just, it's divine. I mean, it felt a little bit weird that John Corbett, who is um, – at Sex and City, Carrie's boyfriend Aiden, he actually pops up as the dad in this, which is weird because, like, since when did people like him go from being the potential love interest to the dad? But anyway, it makes me feel yeah. old. But this is the kind of thing you just want to rewatch again and again. So yeah, have I have I tickled your fancy, Joel Christie? Uh
0: you have. I don't know how I've not watched it yet. My uh, Emrocciano of all people was raving about oh, it the M. other night and said she's yes. seen it about three times. So yeah, yes, absolutely tickles see my it, fancy. She'd
3: love it. Yeah. yeah, this- yeah it's, it's funny, these Netflix uh, movies, there's another one coming this week called Sierra Burgess is a Loser, which stars Barb from Stranger Things, who's done very well since yeah, Stranger they, Things. She's in everything. Love Barb. Um, it's based on the Cyrano de Bergerac uh, story, which countless teen movies have been. And it hasn't had a lot of fanfare, but I'm sure when it comes out this week, it's going to get a big reaction as well. Netflix are doing really well, just kind of putting these things out there and they find their audience and then the audience goes nuts.
2: Yeah and the boy that plays the love interest in all the boys I've loved before is also in that yes, as well. So Noah's, it's going to get a bit of crossover I think. Noah
3: Center, Centurio, I think oh, his name is. He's
2: a total hottie.
3: He is but I have to say like Pretty in Pink like 16 Candles the um the the guy who's kind of one of the main love interests isn't necessarily the best guy. Obviously in Pretty in Pink we all love Ducky but she did not Oh yeah. But yeah, spoiler yeah. alert for anyone who hasn't, you know, seen it in the last 30 years, she doesn't end up with Ducky of course she should. But um yeah, so I think like every classic 80s film, she may not end up with the guy you want her to end up with.
2: Did you guys Matt and Gav? I mean, obviously I was a teenage girl like I was a little a girl in the 80s and 90s but um did you were you guys into these kind of movies or was it just a chick thing oh i liked all the
1: classic john hughes movies at the time 16 candles pretty and pink those sort of ones but i've never really been a big rom-com man i'm not i don't like rom-coms probably the only so-called rom-com that i like is um the devil wears prada but that's really like the love part of that's the c or b plot in that Uh, yeah (laughs) Joel, do you like rom-coms? Uh,
0: yeah, I do. I do. It depends. It's I, I do like an easy viewing, chill out uh, film. Um, but I try and stay away from comedy because I work in comedy. Sometimes yeah. Yeah. after a gig, the, I, I, the last thing I want is comedy. Also, I will watch the I'll watch the science behind it, and I'll go, oh, that's that. Yeah. Anyway, no, I try. I'll try and go for something a bit more. Bit more graphic and depressing. So you, just, yeah.
2: so you go, yeah. So you just go home and relax in front of *The Handmaid's Tale*. Yeah. Oh well, I've just
0: done it. Something Love it. Easy
2: to watch.
0: I will say, *Devil Wears Prada* is probably one of the greatest rom-coms of all time, and also yes. she has the worst, the worst friends and boyfriend in that film. Yeah. They're, they're so selfish. So selfish. Every time I watch it, I'm like, get rid of the man, Hathaway. They're all dicks. Yeah, yeah. She yeah, should have know. gone
1: off with the gay guy.
0: She should have gone off with the gay guy and stayed working. Stayed working at Runway Magazine. It was fabulous. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: These <laughs> teen movies make me flash back to high school and think how tortured and pathetic my love life or lack there was in high school. Joel, did you have a, a red hot love life when you were at school?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I went to an all-boys school. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, and a very gay all boy school. So I was doing the rounds. I mean, school camp for me was just like, you know, can take you. <laughs> oh wow.
3: <laughs> the good the other good thing about um, to all the boys I've loved before is the soundtrack. Um, like Every classic 80s film it has got an amazing soundtrack. I went on to Spotify to to find they've done this playlist of songs from and inspired by To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Oh, have they? It's oh, great. It, yeah, lots of great 80s synth pop. Uh, Tears for Fears is obviously on there. Everybody Wants to Rule the World is in the film as a bit of a plot point. Mm. Uh, and lots of current synth pop inspired by, you know, inspired by that era. So um yeah, if you like if you watch the um, film and like the music, check that out.
1: Yeah, yeah. Joel, do you watch a lot of Netflix? What's your favourite Netflix show?
0: Oh, okay. Oh, well, I've just done all the cooking shows. Right. Um, I love Deep Fried Masters. Obviously love Nailed It. Who doesn't? But I really, the one I really loved was Sugar Rush. Did you, Adriano oh, Zumbo is yes, a judge in it. Yes, yes, And it's it's actually, you know how the time's not really meant to be, is not really a fact Like on MasterChef, you know, the time is never really a factor. They always finish their dishes, even when you know they haven't. They've obviously, get, the producers have given them extra time. Sugar Rush do you is, reckon? it's a time trial. Oh, absolutely. Slash no people people that work on the show uh, <laughs> but but sugar rush it. i know that you know it is a, it's it's a time trial and it's really exciting i love all that crap yeah, yeah. i've never
2: even heard of it wow. it's good can you okay. watch it
0: please because i wanted to get a second season so if you guys could then watch it and talk about it that'd yeah, be really handy okay. for me
2: yep. yeah <laughs> yeah cool good good work
1: <laughs> right everyone check out to all the boys i love before it's available on netflix you're listening to the one and only
2: binge list
1: have you been wondering what ashley simpson's been up to no me either I had to work hard to retrieve my memories of her brief pop career and that nose job, and of course there was the incident on Saturday Night Live. Well, now she's been following in the footsteps of her big sister Jessica by cursing her private life with a new reality show, Ashley and Evan, which deals with her marriage to someone famous for being
3: Diana Ross's son. It's screening from September 10 on Hey You. What do you think, Gavin? Well, first of all, I'm going to defend Ashley Simpson here. I was a big fan of her, and she had three, three great songs in, in the mid uh, naughty. <laughs> She had la la, oh as in you know you make me wanna la la, mm-hmm. L O V E, yep yep
2: yep,
3: and uh, pieces, of,
2: a blank. pieces yeah.
3: of me, which was which was the song that uh, the Saturday Night Live um, incident happened around. And uh, she had some later songs as well, but they were three pretty big hits. Joel, were you a fan of? Well, work? I
0: will come to Ashley Simpson's defence as well because Excellent. I saw her on Broadway in Chicago when she was playing Roxy Hart. And before oh. she got the role, people were like, really, Ashley Simpson? Are you kidding? And the reviews are amazing and went on to play it for a few years and then went and performed uh, when they did a big concert of uh, Chicago at the Hollywood Bowl. She was the Roxy Hart there. So she's good at uh, – she's good in music theatre. She's good when she's not being herself.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> is well, she? Yeah, right. Yeah. There you go.
3: And, and, and that's the thing about this show is um, – Everyone only remembers the Saturday. Night Everyone except us two remembers the uh, Saturday Night Live incident, and that is dealt with very early on. And it I pro-
2: actually don't know what you're talking about. What, what she
3: went that- on Saturday Night Live as the musical act, and she, um, oh, she had a, a throat. Problem and so she was lip syncing and then the tape stuff the tape stuffed up and so she just danced around oh, did a little bit right. of an Irish jig oh,
2: oh. yeah that's right yeah and it,
3: it went viral and so the, her career was effectively over and um, you know in a post Vanilli world you just don't do that <laughs> so um, she talks about that in this show and you know provokes a few tears it's obviously still a very sore point for her because her career just went off the off the rails after that but as a reality show and th- this is actually her second reality show she did one around the time of newlyweds when she was launching her career just on MTV, and yeah. she she had uh, she was going out with Ryan Cabrera who had massive hair. <laughs> Google him, you'll oh, see yeah, you see what right. I mean. He
2: was American Idol, yeah, was he? Uh, is that who he,
3: is? he? Was yeah, he he was a singer. I, I don't know if he was on mm. Idol, but yeah, he had just huge blonde hair like this high you can't see, but it's huge. Google him. Uh, anyway, so this is this is her new reality show with Evan Ross, who is, as Matt said, Diana Ross's son. Diana Ross has all these kids who are suddenly everywhere. Like he, her, she had a lot. Yeah, her daughters on Blackish, um, Tracy Ellis Ross. So, so the second generation Ross kids are, are coming into their own. But it's it's kind of as a reality show, it's kind of boring. They've got creative control. Um, Bad idea yeah, Yes And idea. so it's not about cat fights and, and you know Table flipping And all that kind of stuff We l- love reality shows It's about promoting their um, They're doing a duets album And so oh, it kind of just follows really? them Looking after their kid Recording the album She rents out a roller rink For this friend of hers Who's depressed don't oh we all do that when our God.
0: friends are sad? Yeah.
2: If I was depressed, I'd love and it someone, if someone re- did that. Oh, you me. would.
0: I'd get more depressed.
2: <laughs> oh, I love a good roller skate. Just roller skate away your depression.
3: <laughs> so yeah, Matt, Matt, I know you watched um, some of the first episodes. What did you think of this show?
1: Look, it's not for me. It's not for me. It's like a flashback to newlyweds. It's that exact kind of format. Um, you've got all the reality TV cliches. You know that sort of whole bachelor thing where someone has a party in the garden and they go out in the garden and every bush and every hedge has huge fake flowers stuck in. It? That sort oh, of set gosh. dressing thing. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And then you, you know, they're in bed cuddling, having an intimate moment, and you, sp- and you think, are we are supposed to think that they're alone. There's five people in the room with them. There's a camera she's got a full <laughs> face in makeup. Exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. What I did find fascinating was the, uh, the little moment when Diana Ross appeared. Diana Ross is a smart, smart woman. She obviously uh, decided that she'd only appear on this if she appeared in a completely professional context where she'd be in the studio with them, giving them advice on his voice. That sort of thing, and she's not going anywhere near the sort of the fake narratives and the and the bull bullshit that sort of defines this <laughs> this uh, whole genre. Joel, do you watch this sort of thing?
0: Love reality TV yeah <laughs> love it and, uh, and, and and unashamedly love reality TV. I'm a mad housewives fan. Uh, but yes, I know what you mean about the uh, the fake the you know the fake flowers and stuff. It's yeah. like you know, like in the Bachelor with all the roses. You're like, yeah. mate, my, half of these women are made up of plastic. I don't know if you want them near an open flame. <laughs> um, that's a lot of, there's a lot of candles, and are we supposed to think that he's organised these dates? By the way, yeah. I love it when he's yeah. like, I've organised a, a trip on the harbour. Like, no, you haven't. You haven't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Did you watch <laughs> Newlyweds back in the day?
0: I did. That was the that was the famous show where she thought chicken and fish were the same exactly. thing, right? Yes. yes, yes Chicken of the Sea. Chicken of the Sea. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that was iconic. (laughs) Yeah,
3: yeah. Well, that's that's the difference because Jessica did have those really blonde moments on that show. She was, yeah, kind of. And and laughed at herself. I mean, Ashley's not an idiot, is she? She's not an idiot, and she doesn't have that kind of personality that Jessica had that made that show so watchable. Yeah. This is just kind of like, you know, C list, D list, famous, relatively famous people. Doing what they do during the day, living life,
0: living yeah. life. I was on. Uh, let me just name drop for a minute. Kendra's reality TV show. <laughs> Where oh, are you Kendra Wilkins. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I was on a couple of episodes. I don't know if it was called Kendra Then or Kendra On Top because it changed a few times. Oh my god! Uh, but what were yeah, you doing? Well, she was out in Australia and they cast me as her best friend. <laughs> uh, her best. It was only a couple of years ago, and um, yeah, we hung out quite a bit. She was actually a total sweetheart we got on really well. I took her really? to the opening night of Matilda. She filmed the whole thing and it was really awkward because I had to be like, it's a it's, it's a musical, you need to put your phone down. And then, get this, we were at lunch and her phone was sitting up on the table. And I feel like if your phone's sitting on the table and it lights up with a message or a number, everyone at the table is allowed to look. It's 2018. Anyway, her phone yeah. lights up and some guy called Donald's calling her and she goes, sorry, I've got to take this. And I was like, yeah, 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 oh. go for it. And then three, she had the phone up so loud, I could hear Donald Trump's voice coming out of the phone. And this was about two years ago. And I said to a producer, I said, is that Donald Trump? And he goes, yeah, they're really good friends. And this is when Trump was running for election. And I was like, that's so bizarre. That's like Tanya Zayetta calling Malcolm Turnbull. Like, what (laughs) is going on? That's fascinating. I know.
2: I think you might have a bit of an exclusive there, Joel. I
0: know. Oh, no, no, I've flogged that on stand up for years. i flogged that on, oh, flogged flogged that on stage. Right. Yeah, met, the okay. second that happened, I was telling that minutes later on stage. Oh,
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, that. Oh, my God. Isn't that just bizarre, though? Yeah,
0: but she was a sweetheart, Kendra.
1: So Joel, you said you would take any job that was offered. Uh-huh. If you were offered a soft scripted show where you didn't really have full control, would you take it?
0: Uh, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I would. Yes. I mean, I've done a few acting. I've done a few acting jobs. Acting's not my my passion. I did Neighbours last year, yeah. um, and that was interesting. And I did another. I think you
2: said no to that. Yeah, That's yeah. So
0: great. yeah. Uh, well, I did another acting job last year where I, I, and this is probably why I wouldn't take acting again. I suggested a few times some jokes for the directors, and they were like, nope, 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 nope. To the point that my character became a yes and character. Like, I was just there to move the script on. Yes and, yes and. And anyway, no one was interested until they needed me to do the publicity rounds. And uh, I was like, well, I'm not going to go and do that because my character doesn't really say a whole
3: lot. (laughs) No, no one likes to be used, do they?
0: No. No. I no. just like to use other people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Saying you were cast for The Kendra Show reminds me when Kathy Griffin came to Australia and they cast Anthony Kalea and Tim Campbell as her gay fans.
0: I know, and you couldn't oh. have picked a worse kind of matchup: Anthony clear and Kathy Griffin. No. It's just a weird, yeah. weird combo. I do... That was a great reality show, Kathy Griffin's My Life on the D-List. I re- actually, I re-watched on How hey You recently. She is, like, those early seasons are so honest and real and accurate. It's like four nose jobs ago. I love it, <laughs> yeah. and I love her. Yeah, but yeah, when her
1: husband right. stole her money and then he disappeared between seasons, they didn't really cover that much, did they?
0: No, no, and he sort of hinted at it. But the episode when her dad dies is so beautiful. I think she actually won the Emmy for that episode. Mm. It's so honest and real. I just, yeah, mm. I love it. It's actually one of the insp- my inspirations in for going into stand up. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. And then I met her last year. It was very exciting. Did you tell oh, her? Oh, she, I told her, yeah. And she was wonderful. Yeah,
2: I was gonna say, was she was she everything you wanted her to be?
0: Yes, and about the and tiny, like like so yeah, small I didn't realise.
2: I really felt for her when she copped all of that abuse and all just all the awful stuff. Like I, yeah must so did so I Mm. Yeah, I mean, because she's lived so much of her life in the public eye, but way more real than someone like Ashley or, you know, any of the Kardashians. Like, yeah, she does put it out there. That said,
0: good on her. She has now monetized that whole Trump head scandal and is doing a a three-and-a-half-hour stand-up show about it and and three-and-a-half hours sitting there, no interval. I'd normally be like, oh, kill me, but it was excellent. It was a really amazing stand-up show. Yeah,
1: right. Mm. So the Trump head scandal—did that give you any pause as a comedian and scare you at all?
0: Well, it's just something I wouldn't do. But t- politics really isn't my world anyway, and no one wants to hear me talking about politics. Um, but yeah, I did go because a few people got. I might, actually might remember my dad asking me, "Would you have done that?" And I would have said no. But also, um, you know, Kathy can do what she wants. But I—I I thought I, I was surprised that she apologized in the first place. She's now retracted yeah. the apology, and I mean, as she said, it was just a mask with a bit of ketchup on it. And I
3: mean this. What they're doing is way worse. So yeah, good on it. Yeah. 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 And if you did make a joke about a Prime Minister by the time you made the joke, there'd be a new Prime Minister anyway. People so. be like, Who? <laughs> 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 Who was that? <laughs>
2: Zinger, Gavin. Yeah.
3: <laughs> no, I love it. This
1: is my audition.
0: Yeah, you, you're done. You're in Take Me Out Season 2. Yay. Well done.
1: Well, Joel has to go. Thanks very much for joining us, Joel.
0: Pleasure. Thank you so much. I'm going to go watch those shows right now. <laughs> you should do. You
1: should Yay. do. And to yeah. everyone else listening out there, make sure you do watch Take Me Out. It's a lot of fun. It's available it on Channel big. 7 and 7 Plus.
3: To binge or not to binge?
1: That is the question. Claire, you've been watching Kidding on Stan.
2: Yes, I have been watching Kidding on Stan, which obviously Obviously, stars Jim Carrey. You've probably seen the huge billboards. Stan have really put a lot of money into promoting this. Um, So basically, this show centres on a guy called Jeff, a.k.a. Mr Pickles, who is an icon of children's television in the States with his puppet show. So it, it's all, obviously it's all fictional, but think of someone like Jeff from The Wiggles and that is basically Jim Carrey's lovable character. So he has this lovely life. He's very, um, He has outwardly very stable persona. He's very beloved by everybody. And then something happens and his whole life starts to sort of implode, uh, and that's something, unfortunately, is the death of his young son, which basically makes him question everything he's built up. So essentially he's got to go to work and he's got to be a lovable puppeteer and doing this kid's show but inside he's everything that it, just everything in his world is exploding so this is directed by michael gondry who also directed jim in eternal sunshine of the spotless mind which gives you an idea of the sort of tone um but unlike that i don't think it actually has the impact that that amazing film has. It is very much a rumination on grief and it's an opportunity for Jim to exercise his not inconsiderable dramatic chops. But honestly, did I like it? Not particularly. I I didn't like the characters probably and mostly because they're going through the grieving process. And to be totally honest, the death of a young child particularly as I have a young child, is not really something I want to sit with and not really something I want to dwell on very much. So I felt very conflicted watching this because it is good and it's very interesting and is a fantastic director and Jim Carrey is someone who I have rediscovered recently thanks to that incredibly good Netflix documentary, Jim and Andy, which is all about Jim Carrey and his... Um, portrayal of Andy Kaufman so I'd kind of rediscovered Jim and I was so excited for this but the subject matter really put me off to be honest and I I don't want to be fickle and I don't want to be one of those people that shies away from visiting subjects that are a little bit uncomfortable but for me it's a no but if you're a fan of interesting content if you're a fan of of Gondry and Carey in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind worth giving it a look. Will you stick around for more than one episode? I'm not sure. I couldn't, but there you go.
1: Yeah, sounds like a complex one. Kidding's available on stand from September 9.
2: Who magazine's binge list.
1: We've got something really special for you this week. There's nothing TV lovers enjoy more than a big reunion. Gavin, tell us all about what retro TV fans can look forward to this week.
3: Well, that's right. At Who, we've done a special collector's edition in uh, reuniting some of the casts of some of the biggest shows from the last couple of decades. Uh, Dawson's Creek, we, all of those casts are back together for a photo shoot and interview about their time in Capeside. Buffy. Uh, Felicity, Family Ties, some of the shows that that, uh, we speak to about, you know, reminiscing about the experience of being on a massive show uh, and and we get to see photos of what they looked like then and what they look like now. So so it's in, yeah, the Who special issue, TV's greatest reunions. And, uh, like, personally, I love a reunion. I love seeing people who I used to, you know, growing, especially when it's uh, shows I watched growing up, seeing what they look like now, how they've aged, if they've aged. Some You know, some of these actors are ageless. What about you two? Do you love reunions?
2: Oh, I love reunions. I, I particularly like watching them um, just partly out of curiosity to see what everyone looks like now, who's had the most plastic surgery and, like, you know, those Brady reunions or where they get everybody together from The Sound of Music and you're like, oh, my God, they're like – 85 years old now uh so yeah i I love it what about you
1: matt yeah i can't get enough of it either especially shows that i was really into perhaps in adolescence or childhood the things that you've got a real emotional attachment to you sort of feel that you know these people and you want to see what became of them whether it's good or bad i'm a sucker for it if it's on tv and they're promising whatever happened to i'll stick around and watch to see what happened yeah
3: and a lot of the issue is also filled up with these great stories from behind the scenes so the casts talk about you you know these little things, these little details. Like, how did Karen Walker, um, you know Megan Mullally, how how did she get that high pitched voice for Karen on Will and Grace?
2: Oh yeah. What how did was
3: she? what was going to happen on Lois and Clark when the baby arrived on the doorstep at, at the end of the show, and then it didn't get renewed? What was what was the plan going to be for after that? Oh, I hate
2: that. I Al- hate that.
3: Alternate endings that we didn't get to see. Why did um, in in the OC when Marissa shot Trey? How did they choose that song that they played when that happened? Those kind of stories. <laughs> it's it's great hearing those details, and you you know all these years later, the cast looking back on their time on the shows. It's it it's great to hear their anecdotes and things like that. But in this era of reboots, um, you know, everything's getting rebooted these days, thinking about reunions. What what shows would you both like to see rebooted? And uh, you, more than just a reunion, what, what would you like to see
2: oh. taken into a
3: new season perhaps?
2: Do you remember a couple of weeks ago when we were talk- in our teen TV special and I said that I'd just rediscovered Dawson's? I am obsessed with that getting a rebooted season, I know that the chances of that happening are slim to none because, you know, James Vanderbeek and Josh. Josh, what's his name, He played Pacey and Katie, like the chances of them getting them all together. But then they did catch up recently and we've got all the insider info on that in this edition. So it's like maybe, you know, maybe, maybe that was what this was all about, gauging the public's interest. And I mean, in these days when you can watch whatever you want, whenever you want, it feels a lot more immediate, you know, like. watching old episodes of Dawson's, you don't necessarily think, oh, this is a show from 20 years ago. I mean, it still feels really fresh when you watch it. So yeah, that is the one show that I'm absolutely desperate to see rejigged. What about you, Matt?
1: I would love to see the Brady Bunch reunited.
2: Probably, oh yeah, yeah, it's
1: really unfinished business for us Brady fans because we never got to see the last iteration of the Brady Bunch, which was called the Bradys. It never ran here, which was their adult them in their adult problems. You know, Marsha was an alcoholic and all this sort of stuff. Never screened oh, here, which is strange really? because Australia's always been really obsessed with the Brady Bunch. Now, unfortunately, we've lost both parents since then and. Alice, so it would just be the kids, and the kids are getting a bit long in the tooth. But I
3: don't care. I want to see them. What do you think, Gavin? Yeah, well, the kids could have kids. They could, yeah, and they could have some more blended would families. Be like full House
2: though. Oh, like, I don't it, know yeah. about
3: that. Well, have you seen yeah,
2: the Full House <laughs>
3: No, I, I didn't. I didn't watch it. I, I opted out of that one. But yeah, I mean, it, it would depend how it was done and, and who was in. I mean, sometimes I feel like it's worth keeping these shows in the past and, and just, and, and, and you yeah. know, that's what uh, you were referring to Dawson's Creek. Some of them do suggest that they feel like the show, um, you know, was of a certain era and, and to keep yeah. it that way. But, you know, I, I don't know. You always, you throw enough money at people. Yeah. They inevitably yeah, come well, around.
2: Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Full House being a casing point. <laughs>
1: hmm. Now, Gavin, I know that you were a big Buffy fan, weren't you? And there's some great Buffy stuff in this edition.
3: I was a huge Buffy fan and it's great to see pretty much everyone you would expect to see back in a Buffy reunion in the one place at the one time, all photographed, all dressed in black because obviously it's, you know, it's, it's such a gothic show. Uh, you know, Sarah Michelle Gellar's there, David Boreanaz is there, James Masters is there, Seth Green's there, all, all, you know, Charisma Carpenter, all the people from the show, no, awesome. all in the one place. And, yeah, they all look exactly the same. And it's, Do they? They've all aged really well. And, yeah, Joss is there, of course, because, you know, you can't have a Buffy story without Joss. And it's, you know, and one thing they ask them is, uh, especially Sarah Michelle Gellar, is... Whether she's Team Spike or Team Angel, and that was interesting. All these years later, to you know, because that was a huge thing on Buffy. Who should Buffy have been with, Spike or Angel? And uh, so, yeah, it's really interesting to see her take on that and and what she decided. I'm not going to tell you. You have to go out and get it. Oh, I was going to say,
2: who who does she? (laughs)
3: You need to buy it. (laughs) it. Yes,
1: do buy it. It's a great read. Some beautiful exclusive pictures and um, original photo shoots in there. Check it out. TV's Greatest Reunions is out now and available for nine dollars. 99 what a bargain and that's it for another episode of binge list thanks very much to our wonderful guest joel creasy if you enjoyed the show make sure you're subscribed on apple or google podcasts and we're now also available on spotify so Hooray. check us out there yes
2: oh, yes awesome
1: until next week happy viewing everyone bye see
2: you guys bye